0: You know, being a mom is very, very demanding, but being Grammy, is fun. <laughs> but anyhow, when we were raising our kids, when you might be still have children at home, how many of you still have kids at home? Let me see your hands. Quite a few of you. So you do realize that it's, you know, life is busy when you're raising children, but I want to encourage you to stop and notice. And realize that children are a gift from God. And they will fill your home, your heart with joy and with laughter if you'll just take time to stop and just be fun with them. I was watching a clip this morning from a church in Tulsa. And they were interviewing kids. And one of the questions was, what do you like best about your mom. And many of the little kids answered, she plays with me. She plays hide and seek." And you know, I noticed not one of them said video games or things on the iPad. They were just so happy to have mom's attention and that's really what our kids want really they want it be know that they're loved and they have your attention but anyhow you know kids will make you laugh and i recently saw something i may have shared this but i'm going to share it again Uh, how many of you remember art link ladder now some of you Younger ones are like, who in the world is that? He had a show on many, many, many years ago where he just, he would have kids on there. And he would interview them and ask them questions. And I saw this clip where he asked this one young little boy. He said, what can you tell me about when God created man and woman? And he had their names right. And he said, well, God created Adam and Eve. He put them in a beautiful garden. And then this little kid said, but they sinned. He sent them straight to hell. And then he, this was the best part. And then he transferred them to L.A. <laughs> he must have lived in a rough neighborhood. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> he transferred them to L.A. <coughs> so anyhow, we know. That kids say funny things. They've got a wonderful heart toward God. But, and they're happy. Most children are happy. But when you look around the world today, we see that there are many unhappy and miserable people. And not just those that live in L.A. I mean in the whole world. Unhappy and miserable people. And Christians should not be in that mix. So today the title of my message is this, happy is the mom who dot, dot, dot. And we're going to fill in some blanks and we're not just going to be talking to moms. How about happy is the dad, happy is the aunt, happy is the uncle, happy is the grandparent. Or we can just broaden it and say happy is the person. And we're going to look at some reasons that we are happy according to the word of God. For a Christian, happiness isn't a destination. Happiness is a way of life. It's a path that we follow through life. Too many people have this attitude. Well, I'm going to wait and be happy when? I'll be happy when I get married. Ooh, I wouldn't count on that. Even though I've been happy for 40 years, (laughs) I've been happy for 40 years. I heard one couple that was interviewed, and some guy was talking about how long they'd been married, and he said, "I've been—we've been married for 50 years, and we've been happy for 25." You know what I'm saying? But no, that's—I've been happy for 40, but. If you're waiting, if you're single and you're waiting until you get married to be happy, that's not going to be your answer. Some people say, Oh, I'll be happy when we, when I have a baby. Then the little blessing comes along. They get no sleep. I'll be happy when baby sleeps through the night. And then they put it off even further. I'll be happy when baby graduates from school. And this is a big one. I'll be happy when baby gets a job and moves out of the house. And can I get a witness maybe on that one? If they're sitting next to you, don't raise your hand. But let's look in the word of God, shall we? Happy is the mom, remember, or person whose God is the Lord. I do have a few points today where we're filling in the happy blank there. And it's not going to be a lot of points and no power. It's going to be both. So hang on here. So let's look at Psalms 145 verse 15 in the Amplified. Y'all like this scripture? I like it. Happy and blessed are the people who are in such a case. Yes, happy, blessed, fortunate, prosperous to be envied. Are the people whose God is the Lord. Lift your hands and say, I'm happy. I'm happy. Cause God is, God is my Lord. Woo, look at that. When you have Him as your Lord, you're blessed. You're fortunate. We are fortunate that we know Jesus. Glory to God. I'm fortunate. I'm happy about that. Are you? Let me ask you a question. Are you happy? Ooh, that was really weak. Are you happy? Yes. Maybe we should ask your family or friends. Y'all probably heard of John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad. And he's been in heaven many years, but he was an amazing pastor and he was so funny. I remember one time someone asked him this. He said, somebody asked me the other day, do you ever wake up grumpy? And he said, no. No. I usually let her sleep. <laughs> so your family will be the judge of whether you are happy or not. And him and his lovely wife, Doty had just a great relationship. They teased each other all the time. And I'm sure she didn't wake up grumpy every day. But I thought that was a pretty good answer. So let's just look at some definitions of happy. <clears throat> happy, number one, it suggests a feeling of great pleasure and contentment. Secondly, happy means that you are favored by circumstances. It's pretty easy to be happy and content when all the bills are paid, when your mate is being nice, your job is going great, the kids are getting above average grades, and the dog is obeying. But circumstances, when circumstances are stress free and there's nothing to worry about, that's what people in the world say that they're happy. I'm happy when, but for a believer, our happiness is not based on what circumstances are going on in our life. Our happiness isn't based on whether everything's going great or everything is going bad. The second definition we just read says happiness in, a, in a one definition is favored by circumstances. As I read that, I thought of this. Circumstances are not always favorable, but for a believer, we always have favor. And that's my second point. Happy is the mom. Happy is the person who knows they have favor with God. That's an awesome revelation to walk in, to realize God is for me. God is in me. God is with me. God is on my side. Hallelujah. The greater one lives on the inside of me. And Psalms 512 says it like this. For you, O Lord, will bless... The righteous. How many of you are righteous in here? You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You got right standing with him. Then guess what? You are blessed. And one of the things you're blessed with is favor. Favor. And then he says, with favor, you will surround him as with a shield. Glory to God. Favor ain't fair, but as believers, we got it. We got the favor of God surrounding us as with a shield. Now listen to some definitions of shield. Any person or thing that guards, protects, or defends. You know, there's a lot of hype right now about this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy. We got something greater than Guardians of the Galaxy. We got the shield of favor. And it says it will guards, it protects, and it defends us. Talk about an invisible force field. People come at you. They attack you. Maybe at the job, they say evil things are trying to get you fired, but boom, they run into an invisible force field and they are knocked flat on their face. They step back and what was that? And your response was, oh, you just hit. One of my shields. I got two of them. I got the shield of faith and I got the shield of favor. And guess what, buddy? You better not mess with me because I am surrounded about with the shield of favor. You probably don't want to attack me or my kids. Have you ever had anybody come against your kids? Oh, now I don't get me started. But as mama... (laughs) As mama, if somebody attacks your kids, our attitude ought to be this. Buddy, I got the sword of the spirit and I know how to use it. So I wouldn't mess with me or my kids. Amen. Amen. It makes me happy just to think about that shield of favor that's surrounding me and no weapon formed against me, no weapon formed against my family is going to to prosper every word, every tongue that rises up in judgment against me or mine, He will show to be in the wrong. Hallelujah. God is on my side. God always causes us to triumph. We are not the victims. We are the victors. We need to teach our kids that things may come against you, but you've got to know your weapon. Hallelujah. Still instill into them the word of God. Let them know that God's mercy and grace is hovering, hovering over them. Sure, they're going to make mistakes. Sure. You're going to make mistakes. Is there any parent in here that never did anything wrong in raising their kids? Oh yeah. Right. Well, I could tell some stories if you'd like to get a witness there, <clears throat> but I'll tell one on myself, you know, even the best of parents. We're not God. We're going to miss it. But thank God we got mercy and we got grace and we got our word, the word working 24-7 over our children. I remember when James was just a little guy and he always had such a high tolerance for pain. I mean, I didn't know half the time if something was going on with him. He just wouldn't say anything. So one day I go to pick him up at school. He's probably like in first grade and he's like. Mommy, I hurt my finger today playing header ball or something and his little little pinky was all kind of swollen and You know, he didn't say any more about it. So what did I do? I kissed it and said in jesus name be healed Went to bed. He never said another word about it Like two or three days later He woke up and he's like mommy my something's really wrong with my finger. It was black and it was frozen like this Not good Mommy didn't feel so great at that moment about ignoring the little guy's swollen finger. So I took him to the doctor. Guess what? His finger was broken. They had to re-break it and set it. Doesn't that make you feel good, P.T., to hear that? (laughs) Well, you know what? That was not a shining testimony of my parroting skills. But guess what? He survived. Both of our boys survived and they're thriving. Plus now we laugh about those kind of things. You know why? Because God's mercy is greater than our failures. We do our best. We teach them the word of God. We walk in the principles of God's word, but there are going to be times that we make mistakes. Don't beat yourself up. Just rise up and just keep speaking the word of God over them. A good mom, a happy mom. The third thing she knows, she's blessed of the Lord. How many of you are blessed? We already read that one scripture and I want to give you a good one out of the message found in Jeremiah 17, 7, 17, 7 and 8. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God, and I love this phrase, the woman who sticks with God. Are you going to stick with God regardless of what comes our way? We're not quitters. We are winners. We're not going under. We're going over because we're sticking with God. The rest of the passage says they're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the river. Never a worry through the hottest of summers, never dropping a leaf. Serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit in every season. Isn't that good? Blessed, happy is the man, is the woman who trusts God, who sticks with God. Note this gives us a description that the same conditions, heat and drought came to the same people, but there was a different, there was a different response and it brought different results. When we trust in the Lord, when the test and trials and the heat is on, we will not have to drop any leaves. We won't have to be drooping or dragging or shagging. We're going to be at peace. Hallelujah. Serene and calm. Full of peace. Full of joy. And full of faith. No fear here when things arise in our lives. You know what fear will do? Fear will rob your faith. Fear will steal your joy. Fear will silence the laughter in your home. If you're constantly speaking fearful words about what's going on in the world, speaking fear-filled words over your children, it will contaminate the atmosphere in your home. There won't be any joy and singing and rejoicing, everybody will be nervous and anxious and uptight about the future. It's important that we speak faith-filled words because they dominate the law of sin and death. So important. That's, I'm so glad Pastor's God is on this 30-day challenge to speak the word. Faith-filled words produce life. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says this, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. He's saying, okay, it's like you're on a witness stand. Tell me the truth here. I'm setting these two choices before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Which one are you going to choose? And then he gives us a clue. It's multiple choice, but he gives us the answer. I'm going to choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Hallelujah. How many of you are choosing to speak life? Hallelujah. The words we speak set spiritual laws into emotion, into motion. They not only affect you, but they will affect your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren, your descendants. Create an atmosphere of life, not cursing, blessing. Hallelujah. Charge your home with encouraging and uplifting words. I know it's easy to get frustrated with your kids and maybe you're sitting there trying to do homework or the worst is science projects. Do kids still have to do science projects? Oh, dear Jesus. But, you know, I remember sitting there trying to do all of this stuff with the kids and you get tempted when you've told them 10 times, this is the way to do it, da, 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 da. And they're like, duh. Sometimes you want to say, Aah! I know you got a brain. God gave it to you. And it's sometimes you just want to say, you are stupid. What is wrong with you? You're not listening to me. You're such a loser. I didn't. I didn't. I said I was tempted, but there were, especially when it came to math, I was really good in math in school. Uh, by pastor's own testimony, I don't think he was great in math. And so, you know, be sitting there trying to work on the multiplication tables with them. And tempted to say, oh, you got that from your dad. But, you know, we're going to overcome this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's tempting to speak Words that will put your kids down. And children are so sensitive. If we do those things, it brings scars into their life. And it starts affecting the way that they see themselves. I'm so thankful for my parents. They've both been in heaven for many years. But particularly my dad. He had such an amazing outlook on life. Ricky, you know he was here and he told you about the one-room schoolroom that we went to, and and the issues that you know he had. He has more issues than I have with the English language, <laughs> but my dad wasn't moved by that. He would always tell us this: always, you can do anything that God calls you to do. And his attitude, he would teach us this: you're not inferior to anyone, you're, but you're certain you're not better than anyone either, but you can do whatever God calls you to do. Cause God is in you. God is with you. God is for you. This was a scripture that I learned when I was very young. And if you don't have this implanted into your children, you need to. And many of you now, your grandchildren, Philippians 4, 13, very familiar scripture. Anybody know what it says? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I remember many times getting ready to take a test in school and i did study you know you can't just never open the book and just say oh lord bring this to my remembrance i can do all things i did apply myself but i would sit there and say i got the mind of christ i can do all things through christ who strengtheneth me and you know go ahead pat me on the back i was a really good student very good But I knew how to apply myself and I knew how to speak the word. Teach it to your children. Happy, blessed, fortunate is a family who hides the word of God in their hearts. And then the fourth point, happy is the woman who trusts in the Lord. Anybody in here trust in the Lord with all of your heart? People, relationships, your 401k, your job are not a secure place to put your confidence and your trust. And another thing is other people's heads are the wrong place to find your happiness. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not in people. Psalms 20 verse 7 spells it out. Some trust in chariots, some in horses. Thank God we don't have to ride down 880 in a chariot with a horse. That will, yeah, be exciting, wouldn't it? But it's just an example. These things were their mode of transportation, way of getting somewhere. How are you getting where you want to go in life? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in your retirement fund? Are you trusting in your career? Are you trusting in your inheritance? Trust not in these things. But what are we going to do? But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah! His name is to be praised. Let's remember it right now, Lord. We praise your name. We trust in you, Lord Jesus, with all of our heart. We remember the power that there is in your word and in your precious name. Glory be to God. You know what? Tra- where trusting originates from? Where trusting comes from? Trusting comes from knowing a person. Knowing God. I trust my husband with all of my heart. I'm secure in his love for me. I know that he cherishes me. He watches over me, he's super protective of me. I know that I can trust him. I know that he's not going to hurt me intentionally and then say, okay, there. Now I taught you a lesson on that one. No, he, I trust him. I'm fully persuaded and I'm confident that he loves me. So therefore I trust him. Let me ask you a question. Are you fully persuaded that God loves you? Do you know that he's watching over you and over your family? He can be trusted. We can lean on him in difficult times in this world. We can lean in his everlasting arms, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms, safe. And secure from all bad harms. You didn't know it? That's an old hymn. Leaning, leaning, leaning on Jesus. Isn't it wonderful sometimes when you feel overwhelmed by everything that's going on. That you can just say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I just need to lean back in your loving arms right now. Things are going on in my family Things are going on with my kids, with my adult children. I don't know how to deal with it, Lord. But I know I can run unto you. I know in whom I have believed. Not just what I believed, but in whom I have believed. And I trust you. I'm fully persuaded. You're going to take care of me. You're going to turn this situation around. The Bible tells us over in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7 in the Amplified. Lean on. Woo! Isn't that good? I I, I sing the old hymn, Leaning, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. But I know there was another song Lean on me when you're not strong. Lean on me. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Well, anyway, we're going to stay leaning on Jesus, but I just thought of that. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all of your heart, all of your mind. Don't rely on your own insight or your own understanding in all of your ways. No, recognize verse six in all of your ways. No, recognize and acknowledge him and he will direct and make straight and plain your path. Are you acknowledging him? in all of your ways. Have you discovered he's smarter than you? Do you realize he knows what makes your kids and your grandkids and your family members tick? He made them. He knows what's going on in the innermost part of their being. And we should not try to figure out how to fix everybody, acknowledge him, recognize him. He will direct and make straight and plain your paths and the paths of your family. Now, verse seven, the first part of that, be not wise in your own eyes, but reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn away from evil. When I read that, be not wise in your own eyes. I was reminded that moms, women, partic- in general, tend to be fixers. Y'all might like that show on home improvement I like, it's channel. I like it called Fixer Uppers. Chip and Joan, Joanne Gaines, they're awesome, in Waco, Texas. And what do they do to an old broken down house? They fix it up. But you know what? God is not looking for men and women to star in a new TV show on God channel called fixer uppers. We're not called to fix people. We're called to lean in and rely on and trust the Lord to fix them, put them in their hands. It said there that we are to acknowledge him and he will direct. And make straight, plain our paths. You know what? We can't just trust him for the affairs of our lives. But we have to trust him to direct the paths of our family's lives. John and Lindy worked with us for four years after they were married. They were married really young, 20 20 years old, 21 years old. And they were working for us and one day cuz john knew that mom would have trouble with this one day john came into my office and he began to tell me you know what mom we've been praying and we're just sensing a change and we feel like we're supposed to move down to southern california and hook up with this organization and start a church and the holy ghost is really is leading us that way i just stopped him and i said this john you don't need The Holy Ghost, you have a mom. (laughs) I totally said that. And that is not scriptural. (laughs) Just so you know, don't try that on your kids. Guess what? We don't get to trust him with our lives and our future, but try to hold the reins and want to control our kids' lives. Now, of course, I'm not talking about when they're toddlers or they're adolescents or when they're teenagers. Dear God, when they're teenagers, they need your help. They need your counsel. They need your direction and they need your correction. But when they become, start to become adults, we have to have faith in the spirit of God In them and in the word that we have instilled into them. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Guess what, though? You got to train them. You gotta instill the word into them. And if you weren't a Christian when they were little, take heart and begin to just declare God's mercy's hovering over my kids. But if you still have little ones or you have grandchildren, take every opportunity to train them in the way that he, they should go. If you don't train them, they might get on the wrong train. And you don't want them to get on the midnight train to Georgia. That don't sound right. Not good. You want them to get on the train that is leading to the path of life. You want them to get on that train that is leading them into the perfect will, plan, and purpose for their lives. Because God didn't make any mistakes. And he's got a plan for one of his children. So as they get older, I know it's hard sometimes to take your hands off, but that's what we have to do. We got to take our hands off and trust the Lord to direct their path. Amen. And to stay in faith. Now, the last point, and it's a short one is happy as the mom who puts her kids in the Lord's capable hands. 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified. Casting the whole of your care. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns. Every once in a while. No, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and he cares about you watchfully. We got to cast Our concerns and many times our concerns revolve around family members. We aren't designed to carry that care. Yesterday, pastor was visiting with this precious lady, senior lady in our church. And she was talking about one of her relatives had some things going on in their life. And they said, oh, I can handle it. And her response was, you're not supposed to handle it. You're supposed to leave it there. And that's so scriptural. We're not supposed to take on the attitude. Oh, well, you know, I got all these cares. I'll cast half of them over on the Lord and I can carry the rest of them. We weren't designed to carry any worry, concerns or anxieties. He said, casting the whole of your care over upon him. Casting all. All your concerns about the future, about your children, over up on him. We ought to have this attitude. I do not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. And he's upholding all things by the word of his power. So I want to encourage you today. As we get ready to close, don't worry, be happy. (laughs) Happy is the person whose God is the Lord. And if you need to do some casting today, we're going to give you that opportunity. I know that 250 pound baby boy is a heavy load. But you can cast him over on the Lord. It's not just about our kids. We can carry the care of a husband, wife, a brother, or sister, a parent, a friend. God doesn't want us carrying any cares. Amen. He said, cast them over on me. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your work.